Live, I believe. I hope. I hope this is working. Uh, this is the first time I've streamed live on TikTok and YouTube <clears throat> at the same time. So what's up, TikTok? What's up, YouTube? It is Saturday night. It's half past seven. Uh, hello to you goddamn wonders. You fucking dreams. You beautiful little podcasty bastards. Um, I, uh, I should have done a Friday night show. Uh, last night but god damn is it difficult to get guests on right now guys uh everyone is out with their friends and their colleagues uh you know catching up before christmas before they blow their whole november salary on presents and you know well i mean heating <laughs> realistically is what they're going to blow their money on i think everyone's everyone's grabbing a couple of work beers uh with their mates before their new energy tariffs and the new taxes come in. <laughs> it's very much it's very much last orders on the Titanic atmosphere in the UK right now. If you're listening to this from outside of the UK, that is the general societal atmosphere. You know? It's like um it's like uh, do, do you want to get smashed on Friday? Because once <laughs> once they repossess my home and the rents all skyrocket I might not be seeing you as much after after I've moved in in Bogner. That is that is where I'm headed. That is where me and my family are headed. When it all hits the fan and we can't afford a house, but we also get, you know, priced out of the rents everywhere within the M25. Uh, when the chickens come home to roost, we're going to end up in fucking Bogner or like Yarmouth. I think, you know, some some other god awful shit pit. That is probably where we're headed. <laughs> I mean, you know, just just a rundown shit town of vacant houses and you know two let signs and uh, and then like you know there'd be um you know empty shops with, like with boarded up things like you know you know when you go to a shit town and there's like empty shops but then they board them up with like fucking painted pictures of what the shop is supposed to be you know if it was ever actually rented by anyone <laughs> you know like like no one wants to open a shop here so here's a painting of a shop that is the best we could do <laughs> you're like I, I i wanted to buy i wanted to buy a new pair of jeans they're like well here's a picture of a guy selling some jeans is that you know will that do just a succession of those, like run-down fake shops, like boarded-up shop fronts. Like you know, it's like it's like the high streets a Hollywood movie set. You know, like that sort of vibe. The only signs of life in this town, this fictional town that we're going to move to, are going to be you know five teenagers doing spice in a shop doorway. It's going to be like that kind of vibe. That's where we're headed, I think. Um, anyway, in some ways I'm glad, in some ways I'm glad it's, you know, it's good. It's amazing. In fact, you know, I can't wait. I, I always wanted to live by the sea, so that's good feeling that, um, 
Most people do it when they're 70. Most people move to the sea when they're 70. Uh, so in that respect, I suppose I'll be, you know, way ahead of my time. Maybe for the first time in my life. So fucking go me, right? Um, but that's cool. You know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the ocean view of wherever the fuck it is that we end up. This rundown seaside town that used to have like a glory day in, you know, the 1950s before the air revolution happened. And then people started taking their holidays in Greece and Spain and these like these seaside towns slowly just declined. That's where I'm headed, guys. But as I say, I'm, I'm excited about it because here's the thing, right? When you come, when you come from the shires, as I do, when you come from like the home counties, when you live next door to people of a certain socioeconomic standing, it can play games with your self-esteem. That's one thing about living in relatively nice towns is it can kind of fuck with your self-worth. It's a sort of, you know, keeping up with the Joneses sort of vibe, isn't it? You know, if like if you if your kid's friend's dad is the director of finance for a fucking like national leisure company <laughs> or something like he's doing well, it kind of makes you feel shit about yourself. <laughs> You're like, oh, you know, I don't have a BMW. But I'm assuming that if we move to Skegness, you know, if things go bad, they repossess the house and we can't afford the rents anywhere in the M M25 and we end up fucking careering off into Skegness or Bogner, I might fuck around and end up being king of that town. So there is that. <laughs> like, would you rather be the brokest shit in Notting Hill or the king of Skegness? I mean, that is... Those are the options. And I, you know... I'm just saying maybe there might be an upside to me moving to one of these slightly shittier towns. Um, anyway, so, guys, uh, if it's your first time listening, welcome to A. Thompson and Other Disappointments. This is episode 128. And as I've said, um, uh, you know, it's been a bit harder of late to get guests on. Uh, but I got I got some more names lined up for the coming weeks, so that's good. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, also, I've been working on the Funk-27 website, which I have to say, feeling pretty good about that also. Um, it looks sick as fuck at the moment. It's not live yet, but it's like like I'm working on it and I can see how, how good it's looking. So I'm, I'm pretty psyched about getting that out. Um, also, I've been taking some time out to talk with Super Tansky and Danny fucking Price, if you're familiar with him. Uh, he does a lot of political content on Instagram. And uh, if you follow me, but you don't follow him, then go and check him out. Definitely. If indeed you are on Instagram. Um, been talking to the two of them about this gig that we're going to do uh, in February. Uh, and that's going to be fucking sick fun, man. It's going to like we've just confirmed our first like guest or, you know, act for that. Um, it's a guy he's, he's been on TV. He's done some sort of political stuff. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like long and short, um, it is all, you know, it's all go. It's all very exciting. Um, and I guess it goes without saying, you know, but if you if you want to hear first about all of that sort of stuff, if you have enjoyed the podcast, if you want to get exclusive invites to the live stuff, the meetups and this sort of giggy kind of shit, then do jump on the Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson with an I N on the end. 
um and it's not just you know live meetups and gigs and shit it is uh you know you can join our discord chat uh you get access to that where we you know we talk shit about tories all day and then you get episodes of the podcast two days ahead of schedule two days ahead of everyone else um you get named and shamed at the end of these episodes you know credited if you will um oh yeah and then there's this new thing right so if you just right so there's three tiers there's a the three pound a month one which is just like a doff of the cap then there's a five pound a month one which is you know you get access to pretty much everything and then there's a 10 pound a month one where you get i'm going to do a 10 pound a month you know premium tier thing where i will jump on a skype call with the 10 pound a month patreons uh who uh who uh, if, if they want to they can jump on and then talk about life love and the universe with me that is also there if you should so wish to i'm not going to force you to do it you know um you know i force my dad to jump on a skype with me once a week and i'm not sure he's really into it so you know seems a bit cheeky asking you for a tenner a month and putting you through that shit anyway what is going on guys let's jump into the news shall we uh so obviously the like the big story at the moment is the hunt budget the hunt autumn statement uh, that was the other day, right? That was Thursday, I think. And that sort of... Um, what did that do to you guys, dear listeners? Did that... You know, did that, did that put your mind at ease? Or did it just, you know, cement everyone's fucking fears? To a, to a greater or lesser extent. I think to a greater degree. It's kind of propelled us into a different place. Hasn't it? In a way, it's sort of... You know, I'm talking about it like cementing our fears. But in a way, it's kind of nice, right? It's kind of like, hear me out. Hear me out on this, right? It's nice to be sitting outside of the baseless boosterism for a change, isn't it? It's, it's nice to take a break from the sunlit uplands, the rainbow gold, you know? the unicornism of brexit you know it's nice to find out that your your local a and e is closing that your grand's hip replacement is cancelled and those you know those 30 free hours of childcare that you are so reliant on are probably about to get canned it's it's you know it's it's nice in a way isn't it it's refreshing <laughs> I mean, we just spent we just spent the last seven years saying we would rather have the truth told to us than, you know, this ridiculous fantasy that shit like Brexit was, you know, was amazing or, or we could send the virus packing in 12 weeks. You know, like, just just tell us facts. Just just give us the truth for fuck's sake. Like, can we have some substance? And it's a bit like, well, you know now we have it <laughs> now we have 120 billion pounds a year on british debt interest not not even the debt just the interest of british debt now we have that and we have slashed bare public services you know i'm i'm like uh, i'm like well at least we're engaging with reality i guess you know that <laughs> has to be a net positive in some respect right 
At least we're engaging with reality here. Maybe this is the point that people go, fuck it, put me back in the Matrix. You know, this <laughs> This is too much. I, I don't need this. You know, I was, I was kidding when I said I didn't like fantasy politics. Frankly, I could see an upside now. Just tell me the fairy tale. This is too awful. I don't know, man. A lot of people are going to suddenly beg to be put back into the boosterism coma in the next 12 months, aren't they? <laughs> A lot of people are going to miss that period of having baseless optimism. And in a way, they are kind of already like asking to be put back into the boosterism coma, I think. Like there's already people on the news, you know, in Vox Pops and, uh, and TikToks and shit, already saying stuff like, you know, I miss Boris. You know, I just, oh, I miss Boris. It was a, you know, he was so positive. They, you know, they miss his optimism. That's the thing. They miss his, his enthusiasm, the fun, the positivity that he brought to the table. And, you know, I mean, make of that what you will, right? Like some, some of you listening to this will be saying, yeah, I miss him too. You know, I miss him too. What a card he was. What a fun, japing, positive force he was in British politics. I miss having that positivity. You might be thinking, while others out there, others of you, perhaps those that didn't suffer from some sort of cognitive event in the womb. Some of you <laughs> might be thinking like me, well, he might have been positive. But in wanting him back, what you're saying is this. I can't deal with reality. That is kind of what you're saying. Like, I want someone who baselessly bangs on who basically bangs that positivity drum with zero substance, you know, just witless optimism at every turn, frothing away while stood on eggshell foundations, you know, just banging that positivity drum constantly while just tiptoeing on eggshell foundations that eventually gave way and landed us where we are today. Whoopee. That is what you're saying. I miss Boris. That is basically saying I can't deal with reality, which is fine. Lots of us can't deal with reality. But why don't you do what the rest of us do and open a drink? Speaking of which, I've left my beers in the kitchen. Fuck. Let's continue. Anyway, so where was I? Hunt. Hunt and his autumn statement. So he's hiked taxes. And he's going to slash public services, right? Oh, I should have mentioned it, by the way, in the intro. We're going to do some Q&A shit in a bit. If there's anyone on the live thing and if there's anyone, uh, like on YouTube live stream, if there's anyone on the TikTok, what's up? We'll do a Q&A uh, once, once I've found my footing here. Once I've polluted your ear holes with sufficient rantery. Where was I? Right, so Hunt, autumn statement. Raising taxes, slashing public services. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why they think there's anything left to slash. <laughs> I don't know why they think there's anything left to cut. 
in public services in like austerity 2.0 you know like we already had austerity 1 like what the fuck is there for the sequel do you know what I mean <laughs> what is there left <laughs> I mean is this going to be like every other sequel you know where they have to like amp it up to get everyone you know g'd up for it do you know what i mean like like you you remember with american pie right american pie was a good movie good comedy movie who doesn't like american pie it's fine but then like everything in american pie 2 that came from american pie like it was all just i don't know it's a bit shitter you know because they amped it up too much you know like kevin is more annoying and emo and, uh, you know, Oz in the second one is just a cliche. He's a bit too, like, oversensitive. Like, I'm a sensitive guy, but he's a bit, like, you know, caricature level. And then Stifler, they just, you know, exaggerated him way too much. It's just, you know, like, the first movie was fun. Because it's like, you know, these four guys are all virgins. And they all really, really want to lose their virginities. And, you know, here's all the silly capers that they get up to to try and make that happen. And then they all get laid and that's it, the credits roll, and we all go home, right? <laughs> Great. Who doesn't like American Pie? Great movie. But then American Pie 2, you know, by the end of it, we're all like, okay, come on, guys. Like, you, you fucking, you jump the shark here, fellas. Come on. Like, now it's not, you know, now it's not teen anxiety and, you know, virginial shame. And, you know, now it's... Now it's just, like, the sex stuff. Now it's just, like, amped up shit. Now it's, like, fucking lesbians with dildos and, like, you know, and going to hospital because you super glued your hands to your penis. It's like... Anyway, you get the idea, right? American Pie 1, fine. Then the sequel comes on. They have to amp everything up to get people back into it because everyone knows that the sequel's never as good as the original, right? So is Austerity 2 going to be like that just to bring this dragging, kicking, kicking and screaming back to politics? Otherwise, I will nosedive into popular culture for the rest of this episode. So help me, God. Is Austerity 2 going to be like that? You know, are they going to jack it up to 10? You know, like Austerity 1. Austerity 1 was the main event, guys. You know, Austerity 1 was, you know, they just massacred public services. They killed walking centres. They binned tens of thousands of police they forced new contracts onto junior doctors they slashed funding they shuttered a e departments that is classic austerity real golden era stuff but what is there left what is there left to slash away at you know like for the sequel what is there you know like in the first one they took police officers and they diluted them. That was their way that they did that. Nobody wants to see a headline of like, you know, Tories get rid of 50,000 police officers. So what they did is they did what they could. They got rid of, what was it, 10,000 or 20,000? But then what they did, they got clever. They got sneaky. They took police officers and they diluted them to community support officers, which, <laughs> look, I don't, I don't know if... Uh... I don't know if you know this or not, but, you know, I mean, they're essentially mannequins. They are, you know, they're not actual police 
guys. I'm sorry if you needed to know that earlier, if you got into some sort of tangle with them, but they're not real police. If a community support officer stops you and asks you what you're doing, you can literally look them in the eye, ignore them, turn 90 degrees and exit the conversation. You can do that. Excuse me, what, do you mind if I ask you what, what you're doing here? Um, bye. Like, that's all it... All it takes with a community support officer. It is easier to leave a conversation with a community support officer than it is with some of my friends and relatives. It would truly... It's like, where, where, where are you going, Ed? Where are you going? Oh, I'm bored. I need to go. I need to leave this conversation. No, no, no. Hang on, hang on a second. Give me a fucking chance. I was in the middle of a story. Oh, God. All right, fine. Sit down and listen to the rest of their god-awful fucking shit story. Meanwhile, with a community support officer... I'm not enjoying this interaction. I will bid you farewell, officer. <laughs> anyway, back to austerity. Right, so they didn't want to slash police away too much. So they created these guys that look and sound like police, but who aren't police. Okay? <laughs> Mannequins. Which is, you know, I'm laughing about it, but there's downsides to it also, you know. You know, imagine, you know, you're laying there in a pool of your own blood. You're like, hey, officer, I'm, I'm being stabbed in the throat right now. Is there any chance you could arrest this fucking wide-eyed crackhead before he leaves my children fatherless? You know, the, the officer, in inverted commas, you know, might look back at you and go... Man, you know what? I, I would love to. I would love to. But, like, even if I wanted to, which I don't, because they pay me about the same as a fucking office junior, like, it's hardly danger money, what I'm earning, to be your community support officer. They pay me less than a bouncer, honestly. Like, how about that shit? They literally pay me. They literally pay people. They're tasking to keep the streets plural. They pay those people who have to keep the streets plural safe less than a fucking bouncer who has to like man a door so you imagine this community support officer you're like laying there in your own blood getting stabbed by a crackhead can you help me he's like even if i wanted to which i don't because they don't pay me right but even if i wanted to legally i have all the power of a fucking librarian <laughs> so i mean like is he making a noise well, no, actually, he's being he's quite a quiet stabber. He's being quite respectful in the noise department. Just, you know, <laughs> not the personal safety. department. All oh, right. OK, well, I mean, you know, give, give me a shout if he starts disturbing the neighbor. Like that is a community support officer. Anyway. They slashed that shit back to a laughable level already. So, you know, what else are they going to do? for austerity too, you know? They'll expand the whole fucking, you know, community support officers thing to what? Like fucking community support sergeants, you know? How, like, how far could this go? <laughs> community support met commissioners, maybe? <laughs> you know, like, uh, I'd love to hold crooked politicians to account, but you know, I'm just a support Met Commissioner. It's 
I would love to prosecute crooked politicians, but my hands are tied. I mean, that actually sounds that sounds about right, doesn't it? Um, so that was the police, right, in Austerity 1. They diluted that thing. But then they did the same shit with ed- education too, right? You used to go to school and there would be teachers. <laughs> Do you remember that? Like, I hate to sound like such a fucking, you know, old bastard here. But that was how it used to be in my day. And then classic gold austerity happened. And they were like, you know, how can we dilute teachers into a sort of, you know, community support teacher kind of thing? Like, how how do we tick most of the boxes of this respected role how do we tick most of the boxes how do we dress someone up like a fucking mannequin so they look like a teacher except pay them less how do we pay these fuckers less that is what it all comes down to whether it's police or teachers or whatever so then they brought in the community support officers of the teaching industry right but they didn't call them community support officers obviously they called them tas Teaching assistants. They look like a teacher. They sound like a teacher. They mark your work and bollock you like a teacher. The only thing that is different is they're not so qualified (laughs) and you pay them less. Boom. So, police diluted, education diluted, Health, they would have created a community support health assistant thing there too, instead of a doctor or a nurse, right? They would have done that if it weren't for the legalities, right? And the prerequisite seven years of training or whatever, you know? So back to the wall, gun to head, they couldn't do that shit. So instead, they were like, well, we'll just, you know, we'll just pay them less. You know, well you, you, well, you can't do that. You can't you can't just reduce the amount, you know, the salary. There's laws to get. Oh, OK, well, what if we just slowly cut back on the number of nurses and doctors per ward and we'll make them all work harder and longer hours? Like, that's what they did. They were like, we can't dilute it like we did with police and teachers. But what we can do is basically diluted still. (laughs) So anyway, look, all of this is to say they've already cut back on public services. They've already slashed a number of hospitals. They've already slashed a number of fire engines. They already sold off your fucking, you know, social care home down the road to a property developer donor. Your school's already got, you know, by this stage, they've already got, like, your teachers are writing to the parents to say, could you chip in for a few books? Can you help us with some bog roll? Can you do, like... And now it's got even worse, obviously, with the cost of living. You know? Now there's, like, teachers phoning in to, like, radio phone-in shows. You know? Saying, like, well, you know what? Once our heating bill goes up, we may actually have to close every Friday. Like, how fucking nutty is that? 
they might have to close every Friday. I heard a call from a teacher actually phone into like LBC and say like that is, you know, maybe on the cards. <laughs> every Friday, school shut. You just saddled with your kids, you know. You just got to sit there and entertain them while you should be working or some shit like. Like for a government so opposed to work from home and a four day working week. <laughs> they seem bizarrely keen on ensuring half the fucking population remote in every Friday. <laughs> like when when the school close on a Friday and say like, yeah, here's your kids. You're going to have to look after them all day. I'm going to be like, well, I guess I'm working from home. <laughs> I'll, I'll log in when I can. Yeah, cheers. But yeah, anyway, like the American Pie, like the sequel thing, right? Austerity 1 was bad. Now, Austerity 2 is going to be amped the fuck up, you know? Take that shit up to DEFCON 2, guys. I don't know how they're going to do it, though. I mean, like, are they going to have teaching assistants, you know, run the whole school by themselves? You know, like, no teachers now. Are they going to try and, you know, market this as some sort of, you know, big society nonsense? Like if schools just shutter, if they just half the number of schools and you can't fit your kid into the local school anymore, which let's not rule anything out. You know, we're talking about a lot of debt here, a lot of savings that have to be made. If they shutter your school... Is it going to come out as more big society nonsense? Is it going to be like, you know, you have people like Jacob Rees-Mogg on the morning news rounds defending this sort of, you know, reprehensible state of the public sector. But they'll be like, well, you know, actually, I think it's, uh, it's rather nice. It's rather um, inspiring having these, uh, having these, uh, what do you call them? Uh, they're called education banks, Mr. Mogg. <laughs> Like, it started with food banks. And then they were talking about heating banks, weren't they? Do you remember, like, when the cost of living and, like, the energy bills was first kicking off and everyone was terrified? And they still are, right? Then it was, like, heating banks. Where, like, the idea was, like, people who can't afford their fucking heating bills are going to have to go to some community or, like, you know, church-run room that has the heating on and just fucking sit there just to stay warm, to not freeze to death like they're Jack at the end of The Shining. Because we live in a Charles Dickens novel now, apparently. So it was food banks, then they were talking about heating banks, and now it's going to be education banks. I can just see it. You know, schools are going to be like, you know, too broke to open. So you're going to have parish function rooms in the back of a local church. They're going to be like, yep, it, it, you know, in you come, Mr. Thompson. You know, you can you can leave your children here. That's fine. You know, we'll, we'll teach them the basics. You know, no, no, no algebra, no long division or, you know, programming or anything like that. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, but, but we, we'll, we'll teach them the basics. I'll be like, you know, you, know, you can't you can't teach them algebra, really? <laughs> And this gaudy guy will just be like, well, you know, we've only got, to, only got a few hours every week that we can. <laughs> and I'll just be like, right, OK. 
I mean, you found time to teach them about the Old Testament, though, didn't you? You daft cunt. Like, I can just fucking see it now. Education banks. But that is what is going to end up happening. And it's going to be such a cruel, crushing irony for the Thompson household. I can promise you. Because, like, I, I went to Catholic school... I had to just sit there and listen to that shit every day. A fucking Lord's Prayer, a lunchtime prayer, a hometime prayer, hearing about how we're all born sinful and, you know, the guilt and the fucking angry God and repent and all that shit. And I like I was like, I'm not putting my kids through that. So now what what a crushing irony. But I've worked my ass off to secure a comfortable income for my family in the tech world. And yet, it'll all be for nothing as my finances implode and I'm forced to push my kids involuntarily back into their own hellish religious upbringing. What a cruel, crushing irony for the Thompson family. And the church will love this, by the way. That has to be said. They will fucking love this shit. Have a, like a room full of, you know, impressionable young boys and girls taking it all in, drinking in that indoctrination, forced to listen to these outdated ideas and parables and, you know, that's what it is. Right? It's indoctrination dressed as charity. It's like, yeah, bring your kids in. Yeah, it's fine. Sure, bring them in. We'll take good care of them and teach them the basics in our sweet, sweet-hearted education bank. And you'll be like, oh, these people are really nice. They're doing such a good thing for the community. And then, you know, your kid comes out five years later, like, Dad, I want to be a priest. <laughs> like, no, no, you don't. No, no, I do, Dad. I do. You know, you put me into the education bank and I was raised by priests and nuns and taught about god and the ten commandments and it's all very inspiring and you know i've been conditioned by that educational experience and uh you know or, or or by that cult you know some people call it a cult but i i don't i call it a religion i call it my calling um you know i've been conditioned by it to think of it as a you know it's all part of a master plan and you know now i would like to play my part as a conduit for that plan i want to be a priest dad and I'd be like, I would actually rather you had told me you want to be a paedophile. I don't know, is that, like, is that weird? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a bit dark. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, look, education banks will no doubt be a thing. So there's that to look forward to. Um, stick with me as I spread my joy unto the world on this podcast. You know, it's funny, though, like, I, right, when I started this podcast, it used to be sort of loosely themed around dystopia. <laughs> like, like, it used to be kind of like, you know, a dystopia fantasy novel sort of thing. Like, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? You know, wouldn't it be funny if shit got this dark? And now the country's fucking, you know, teetering on the edge. And there are no doubt conversations going on in Whitehall right now. You know, talking about budget cuts and savings and slashing funds and shit. There's 
conversations going on in Whitehall right now where they're like, could we get away with staffing schools with volunteer violent offenders? Could we? <laughs> like, we have to think smart about this, guys. We can't afford to keep the violent offenders in prison and we can't afford teachers. Is there some way this crisis could fix that crisis? Think smart, guys. There are those conversations happening right now. I can almost guarantee it. And like shit's gone so bad so quickly that I swear to God, like this, this show used to be dystopia, right? Dystopia fantasy. You know, what if this happened? Or, you know, what if that took place in some distant decade when robots take everyone's jobs and, you know, people only fuck cyborgs? You know, it used to be dystopia. Now it's a fucking documentary. <laughs> this podcast. This now it is current affairs. Now it's like, wouldn't it be terrible if this... Oh, no, it's actually happening right now. Great. <laughs> anyway, back to the budget. Let's try and stay on point for once. Um, so here's what gets me about the, uh, about the autumn statement, right? We're just going to do a little bit more, and then I'm going to jump onto the, the, the Q&A stuff on uh, TikTok. If my battery fucking lasts, I'm going down to about 10%. So I might, uh, might, well, I'll, I'll see. Hey, TikTok, what's going on? Uh, let's try and get, try and get through this without my phone dying. If my phone does die, if I suddenly go dead, guys, you can jump on YouTube. I'm also streaming on there. Right, so the budget. So here's what gets me about this autumn statement. Here's what riles me. So they're trying to find between 10 and 30 billion in savings. And those of us that have been, you know, sort of drinking in the news for our sins. Well, remember that Truss and Kwarteng announced an uncosted budget and it spooked the markets. And then people started what, like, you know, fire sailing bonds. And then the Bank of England stepped in and bought up loads of those bonds to stop them tanking in value. And right. Here's the thing. People are like, yeah, but then she resigned. You know, she's gone. And yes, that was chaos and, you know, there's a lot of tumult in the markets. But then Hunt came in, steadied the ship, and it's fine now. Everything should be fine now is the sort of attitude I sometimes get in comment sections. And, and it's infuriating to hear that shit, isn't it? Or maybe it's not to you. Maybe you want, Maybe that's where you're coming from, like you're listening to this. But for me, it is infuriating. Like this idea... That Hunt came in and steadied the markets, which he did, right? So credit to him, fine. But this idea then that everything's back to how it was before the mini budget now is fucking fantasy. Like, it is not. <laughs> we are in a different world now. That little bout of witless tomfuckery. Horse fucked Britain standing. Like, our interest payments on our uh, national debt. Our national credit rating. Like, S&P, right, Standard & Poor's is a, it's a ratings agency. Uh, and they almost immediately put us onto negative outlook. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, this is the best budget ever. <laughs> Within 24 hours, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa what the fuck's going on? Like, like, we're now paying, off the back of that budget... We're now paying £120 billion a year in interest. 
on our national debt. It costs more to borrow now than it did before. And when we pay that money back, it costs us, costs us more in the interest. And all of that money has to come from somewhere, man. So if you don't have growth, which, you know, we don't because recession. Where are you going to find that extra 10 or 20 billion if you don't have that growth? You're going to have to unplug some shit. You're going to have to cancel a few operations. You're going to have to shut a few schools every Friday. You're going to have to hire a few more community support officers, right? So really, we need to get past this idea that everything is fine or even close to, you know, back to normal. It is objectively not. <laughs> second, right, second thing before I forget it. Lots of people on my timeline and comment section saying stuff along the lines of what's up, Aid? Love your content and your haircut is lush, which it is. Uh, I'm normally on board with most things you say, but with this aid, thing is, it's lockdown, it's furlough. We have to pay for this stuff. You can't just shut down the UK and not pay for it later. I read that stuff and I'm like, okay. So, I think it was the o OBS, the Office of Budget Responsibility. Oh, sorry, OBR even. Um, or was it the IFS, Institute of Financial something, or LSE, or so, I don't know. Some, some three-letter acronym uh, of people who are way smarter than me and who can probably remember acronyms. Uh, one of them looked at the cost of COVID, right? The cost of furlough, the cost of the lockdown, like everything. And the cost of Brexit. And they published their findings and they were like, yeah, Brexit is going to cost twice the amount of COVID. Like fucking double. And that's just like as it is. <laughs> that's just Brexit like off the shelf. That's not taking into account that it's an ongoing thing that might last forever. So can we just leave this idea that this is to pay for furlough and lockdown to the side, please? And also on that, I think this has been said before, right, by, by people who are, you know, significantly more on the ball than I, dear listeners. But if this is just the cost of furlough, right, and lockdown, if COVID is why we're being hit with tax hikes and slashing public services... If it's all just about furlough and COVID, how come the other countries who also locked down, who also had furlough schemes, aren't being hit with the same package of measures? How, how have they swerved this? They are some sneaky countries, aren't they? Like, if you look at just one of the graphs that's floating around in the wilds of Twitter, just one of them, you can see the return to growth from the other European countries. Like regardless of furlough and lockdown and government schemes and, you know, stimulation checks or whatever it was, they all get back to growth. And then on the same graph, then there's Britain, <laughs> which sinks way into the red. I mean, what could possibly be different about Britain compared to these other European countries. What could be different there? I just don't 
I mean, that is a real head-scratcher. I don't know, man. I saw Dan Hodges on uh, Twitter this morning. God love him. God love Dan Hodges. The Mail on Sundays, Daniel Hodges, tweeting this morning, saying it was outrageous to try and offer a verdict on Brexit this early. That was his tweet this morning. It was outrageous to try and offer a verdict on, you know, whether Brexit is a success or a failure this early, which, you know, look, I mean, I don't want to get too graphic uh, on here, listeners, um, viewers, subscribers and so on. But that was a startling comment to read first thing on a Saturday morning. It's too early to give a verdict on whether Brexit is successful or not. Well done, Daniel. <laughs> that was a startling comment. Honestly, it takes a lot to jar me these days. But I mean, that shit made me spit out my sewage contaminated water first thing today. It really did. I mean, I just don't fucking get it. I don't see how you, we could be this far down the line and people are like, well, I just don't know. You know, I mean, the, the listen, uh, hold hold your horses. Jury's out. Like, it's the same people who want to wait and see who were coincidentally very much against waiting and seeing when it was coming to, like, Brexit negotiations and a bit of measured thought and a bit of, hold on, let's just maybe take this at a careful step. No, 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 we have to get it done immediately, no matter the cost. Just bulldoze that fucking thing through. No debate. Fucking prorogue parliament. Just smash it in. Those same people who were that impatient then now are like, all right, all right, just calm yourself, calm your farm aid. Nobody's, it's too early to announce any sort of verdict on this. Come on, what's the hurry? I don't know, man. I imagine, I imagine Dan Hodges, right, sitting in a cafe, maybe overlooks a harbour, and as dear Daniel Hodges is sat in this cafe, tapping on his MacBook, that would have cost him a grand, you know, four years ago, but now through the tanking of the pound and the higher cost of import-export, now it's cost him double that. And, you know, he's sat there tapping away, but he's struggling to get his coffee in this cafe. Because the cafe can't find any fucking staff. In fact, the cafe is going to shut soon. Because energy bills weren't capped in the same way here as they were in some parts of Europe. Plus, they can't function properly because their stock keeps getting caught up in the red tape that they promised to cut but actually increased. But as he sat in this about-to-closed, industrially decimated cafe on his overpriced MacBook, overlooking the harbour that laps literal shit and piss at the shore... He looks out of the window, reaches down to his bag, maybe pulls out an apple, which is rotten as soon as he's bought it. He puts it back in his bag, and then he goes to take a call from his niece, who has a job in financial services, but she's sobbing in tears because her job has just been reassigned, reallocated to the Munich office. And after all of that, in this cafe, after hanging up, putting his apple back down, he stands up and he looks out the window over this pissy harbour of shit-poisoned dead fish 
and he whispers to himself, Yeah. Yes. Too early to say. <laughs> right, that's it, guys. That's that's enough of a rant, isn't it? Let's let's quickly go through uh, some TikTok comments, shall we? Here we go. I'm scrolling right up to the top. Uh, somebody says, V for Vendetta was set in 2022. Some idiot in power is using it as a blueprint. Yes, I agree. Workshop craft. Uh, Professor Bolo says, are you from Hertfordshire? No, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm from Berkshire originally, if that's of any interest at all. Um, who else have we got? John Left of the Countryside is on there. What's up, John? How you doing? Sent you a DM. You ignored it. You motherfucker. Get back to me. Uh, what else have we got? Um, I've lost connection on TikTok. Oh, my God. Uh, Re oh, RD says, hi, yeah, how's you? Yes, hello, how's it going? Um, what do you think of the housing market? Do you think it's going to crash? I think absolutely it's going to crash. Almost a 100% likelihood of that right now. Um, I don't see how it's possible for people to um, savage the mortgage market in the way that they have. Like they, they're living in a, a, a sort of Bank of England dream world at the moment where inflation that's being brought about almost directly from energy costs like when they talk about 11% inflation, that is yielded almost entirely from energy because gas and electric cost so much that they're having to pass on those prices on everything else. So food, petrol, like to keep the barbershop open, everything is getting more expensive. And so when they talk about 11.1% inflation, it's like, well, yeah, because you didn't fucking cap the energy, you dickhead. But when the Bank of England hear that inflation is super high... I don't know what other option they have other than raising interest rates because the well look without going into it too deeply that's basically their like go to um trip switch solution to this is like well inflation's still up better raise the interest rates again but the problem with that is that you're making it like it's already a difficult housing market for people to get on the ladder now you're making mortgages even more expensive which means how many first-time buyers thought they were going to get on the ladder this year and now they've gone back to the bank to go like, yeah, um, can we renew our mortgage offer? And the bank are going to go, yeah, I know I know, we said that you could afford it six months ago, but actually you need to get the fuck out of here now. So yes, I think the, um, the housing market is almost a dead cert to go under. Um, let's see, who else we got? Uh, do I support the Indie Ref in Scotland? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I hate to sound like a sort of cuddly lefty uh, cliche here. And I know that a lot of people centre left and far left uh, are very supportive of, of um, Scotland having the right to choose its own political destiny and all that. I just don't see the value. I almost feel like it's too detrimental for the for English government or English MPs to continue to stand in the way of that. And there's a lot of people who will say, well, they already had a referendum. And they voted to stay. But to my mind, that referendum, in fact, I'm pretty sure it, like a core part of it, a core component of that referendum was that England or the UK, inclusive of Scotland, would continue to be a part of the European Union. And now that that has changed, I kind of think England, Wales, the UK, however you want to frame it, we kind of owe them another vote on that. But I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm an expert on all things Scottish politics. So 
Um, is this a podcast recording or a live chat? It is both. It's incredibly confusing, I know. Uh, Hugh says, hello, handsome. Yeah, I'll fucking take that. Uh, what else have we got? TikTok is telling me some comments were filtered to protect the community's experience. Um, shame it hasn't uh, filtered some of the content that I'm spewing out because I, I fear that may that could have protected the community's experience also. Let me quickly flip over to uh, YouTube. Oh, my Lord, there's actually some comments tonight. Um, Alex says, hi, listen to you daily um labor member thanks very much mate um edwards made it to the right place hey hey kerry what's going on um john has made it onto the uh youtube also hey mate uh john <laughs> john says don't fret the rental market will collapse too oh i agree i think the, the the problem with the housing market as is is that so right now the journal political class talk endlessly about mortgages and the reason they do that is because a lot of them are homeowners and and even buy to let landlords um but this is a problem that starts at the mortgage layer and will bleed out into the rental sector as well so anyone that's listening to this or watching this or whatever and saying to themselves well it's hitting mortgages but i don't have a mortgage so lucky me i guess i can just you know rest easy until this shit blows over nah what's going to happen is your buy to let landlord is going to see the increase in the mortgage raise their mortgage on your flat is going to go from £700 a month to £1,500 a month or some shit. And that's just if it stays at the rate it is now. Like the inflation rate went up again on Thursday to 11.1% and the Bank of England haven't responded to that yet. I would not put it past them that they say in the next week or two, regrettably, we're going to have to raise interest rates again. So this has the potential to completely envelope the housing, like buyers and rental sector um let's continue down the uh 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 the content uh the content sorry the uh comments the youtube live chat pingu says uh just noticed you've got twitter auth on the funk 27 site that's optimistic yeah do you know what it's quite embarrassing right so i put they call it user authentication in in the tech world and i put user authentication onto funk 27 so that people could sign up and then I could put, you know, comment sections in there and you could tick yes if you wanted to be part of a newsletter. And I could send out like, you know, like like most websites do. I could send you out a news thing once a week that would have like my two best TikToks, my two best tweets, the Sunday blog and then a link to the podcast. Like, So you have it all in one. Um, but the only one I could get working was fucking Twitter. <laughs> I tried doing like the login with Facebook, login with this, login with Google. All of them failed for me because I'm just either I don't have the patience or I'm uh, or maybe I was too hammered at the time. I do most of my coding when I'm a bit pissed. So um, most of wait, maybe I should clarify most of my side project coding when I'm a bit pissed. I'm not fucking, you know, drinking in the office. This isn't Mad Men. Um, right, let's let's crack on. I'll do a few more. Uh, and then we'll wrap up. So um, you had a beer festival a few years ago, which I enjoyed. It says Potato Cabbage. That is a fantastic name. Props to you. Um, uh, Alex says it's getting better-ish now. Looking forward to Labour taking over. Yes, agree. I hope. I mean, my fear with Labour is that A, they will win too big a landslide and they won't then feel this pressure 
to behave in a sort of quote unquote labor way like they won't they'll they'll just rest on their laurels like it'll be too comfortable for them so i'm worried about that i'm also worried that when they come in uh that sit the situation the political situation economic fiscal health education will be so fucking shit that it will be the best that they can do to just about get it back on the straight and narrow and then by the time it gets to the 2028 or 2029 election people will be like well i voted labor i gave labor a, a chance but they didn't live up to all of my fantasy expectations <laughs> because there is a higher expectation on the left it's like if you run a left-leaning party, you're all cuddly and fluffy and liberal and equality and perfect public services and all of that shit. And then when you don't come through, people are like, nah, I tried to give them a chance, but they're a bit disappointing. I might as well go back to the sociopaths. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so uh, let's let's continue. We'll do a few more. Um. Somebody said, have I been, Edward Ross says, have I been recognized yet while you are out doing your walking videos? Do you know what? I have been recognized a couple of times, right? Um, one time I was in a car park of a gym that I am no longer a member of um, uh, because hashtag cost of living. Um, and I was putting my kids in the car and I was getting really stressed with them. I was just like, look can you just sit still can you just put your... oh, like trying like taking every like thread of my character to not drop the f-bomb at my kids just fucking sit there you little shit like i'm just like can you just sit still like i'm trying to plug him in and then i got my daughter and i'm like trying to sit her and she was a lot younger so i think i was trying to keep her head up and all that stuff just stressed to fuck and then uh this woman like walks over to the car and i thought she was about to bollock me for my shitty parking because i'm a shitty parker apparently and um and she walks over and i thought like you know when you've got your internal monologue going and i thought she was about to say like and i said to myself in my head i was like oh god here it comes fuck it hell here it comes like i was already in a bad mood terrible and then she goes hi yeah no i just wanted to just wanted to say I, w I watch your tiktoks and yeah I, I love them i love your rants like keep it up keep it up good work and i was like oh <laughs> i was completely i was really expecting a bollocking for my terrible parking then but thanks that'll that that will get me through the week thank you so much and i've always sort of clung on to that thing like it's happened a couple of other times here and there not not much but it's happened here and there and i've always clung on to that example because I think it's a perfect example of like, like poor mental health, because it's like my go to, like my instinct is that some, if somebody's approaching me, it's because I've fucked up because I've done something wrong because I've upset someone. I'm in trouble. It's like that. That is my go to thing. And then when somebody walks up and then goes, I really liked your TikTok. It's like, oh, okay. This is all right. Okay, I'm not used to this. This is nice. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much to everyone that's been on the uh, on the live chat and indeed on the live TikTok, which my phone eventually did die, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for uh, for jumping on tonight. Um, it's been my first time doing a TikTok live at the same time as a YouTube uh, live stream. So um, I don't know, I might 
continue doing it. Seems pretty fun. Um, there'll be a new episode of the podcast out next Wednesday, another solo one. I've got a few guests lined up. I'm pretty excited about one, actually. I don't know how you guys are going to feel about him because obviously I talk about left-leaning politics quite a bit. Um, and this guy, he's not really a lefty. I'm going to... Shall I just drop it now? I'll just... His name is Dapper Laughs. Do you, do you guys remember Dapper Laughs? He got into a lot of trouble a few years ago because he was on stage and he said something very, very unfortunate on stage and then the tabloids went fucking in on him. Um, but since then, he's sort of, you know, he's turned his shit around. He's got married. He's got kids. Um, uh, he's doing a lot of stuff about men's mental health. He's got a couple of movies out. He's doing really, really well. And I know him from way back in the day from like the comedy circuit. And I just thought it'd be really interesting to catch up with him and hear his sort of take on oh, like we can talk about men's mental health and um, uh, and so on. But I also want to get his take on like what modern comedy is like from his perspective, what making online content is like, because he does a lot of that shit. Like he's still massive on like Instagram and Snapchat and uh, and Twitter. And so anyway, I'm really psyched uh, to be catching up with him. That's going to come up in a couple of weeks. Um, I've also got a couple more uh, familiar faces who are going to come back on. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Excited about seeing them again. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I've got for you. Um, until next time, take it easy. Take care of yourselves. And uh, we outie.